Welcome to episode 206 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Alright guys, welcome along to episode 206 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm sensational, and you? Oh, I tell you, your life just couldn't get better, John. <laughs> couldn't get better. Sitting in your hotel room. Yeah, I'm in my little hotel room overlooking Auckland Harbour. I have got a pretty good hotel this time, and I've got a good view, and I've, I've upgraded me, John. I've got the, nice. the big lounge and the big kitchen. and the, Nice. Yeah, so I'm pretty happy with that. And yourself, you and your little hotel room? I'm in my little, uh, my little yeah. Your office call the hotel, suite. My, my office suite. Yes, nice. Not, not quite the penthouse for you. I've got a brick wall outside me, but hey, hey it's all good. you got to start somewhere, mate. you got to start somewhere. That's right. Uh, I Talk is proudly brought to you by... Coffeesofhawaii.com For the world's best coffee, enter the code... Oh, no, go to our page and then go to our I Am Talk page to get a discount. And athletes.com Social networking for endurance athletes for all your results, tracking, and social needs. Uh, this week in the show, we've got a bit of news. We've got an age group of the week. We've got a website of the week. We've got Coach's Corner, what's that on, Jumbo? Uh, answering a question from a listener on, based on uh, lunch lunch hour training, if you've got an extended lunch hour. Oh, okay. I saw we asked this one. Okay. And then we've got some questions and answers at the end. Uh, news is probably brought to you by Xtry. Check out xtry.com for the latest news reviews and interviews with the stars. And, and the first piece of news is not a lot of news this week. So not a lot. We're going to make the most of this first piece of news. Uh, coming up this week, we've got Ironman South Africa. And it's the usual contenders seem to be heading over there. It just seems to be a similar crowd each year. Did you um, read the PR yeah. piece? I did, yeah. It was, it was quite well written, wasn't it? It made it sound quite exciting. It, it was. So they're, they're really pushing um, that, that Jason Shortis is, is coming along and racing. You know, he is a, an Ironman legend. Um, so, yeah, it's, I, I can't recall the last time he's had a, a great race. I mean, uh, he's always been... 2008 was the last year. Remember he won Western Australia and Japan that year? Yeah, so you know he hasn't uh, hasn't had. A, I don't think he raced that well at Ironman Australia. I think he had some issues there. Sort of missed that jump the gun um, with a lot of the pros did there. And uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. He's always in contention, and you know if he's anywhere close to coming off the run, you'd have to put a bit of money on him. Um, but his, his weakness is the swim. Um, but you know, I would say definitely the race favourite's got to be Matthias Hecht. Uh, you know, he's uh, got 13th in Kona last year. Yeah, ninth year before. So you know, I think he he should be. Um, he, should got, be he got fifth in Germany, like, didn't he? Yeah, and, and that you know, Germany and Kona. If you're ever looking for the Germany wrote in Kona, if you're looking for uh, to see where, where pro athletes really stand, um, those are the race results you want to you want to look at. And he seems to be pretty consistent. So probably just depend what sort of an off season he's had. Um, but I'd say he'd, he'd be the man to beat. And then you've always got um, you know Reynard Tissink has, has been there. Been there, done that before. Top ten Kona, won lots of different Ironmans around around the world. And uh, Jaron Schneelin's making a bit of a comeback. And of course, um, Stephen Bayless, yeah. uh, he's won, won the race in two thousand and eight. And and again, he's a pretty consistent performer. Not an absolute star performer, you know, in terms of the the top top guys in the world, but pretty consistent. I think the thing that is good about this race is if we're looking back to New Zealand, you know, we only have bloody seven or eight pros, you know, you've actually yep. got 34 male pros in this race, and we've got some names here, so it's, it's, it's a race, yeah. isn't it? 
it's good, and it's you know I think we'll see as the season progresses, you'll get more and more pros racing because you know it's it's coming into the northern hemisphere season, and uh, it'd be interesting to see if South Africa offer you know um, maybe that race offers more incentive for for the athletes to turn up, whereas we heard you know other races are are not helping out the pros as much. So yeah, it'd be good to see how the pros go, and it's uh, coming up this weekend. Well, we've also got the females, Sean. I know that. I know that one. What are the girls' side of things? Uh, The girls' side of things, uh, Lucy's in Lakova. Um, They're they're pushing her as being the the race favourite. She won it last year, didn't she? Yeah, so she's. Second in Austria or third in Austria? Yeah, and she was right up there in, in Kona as well off the bike. I can't recall exactly where she finished overall, but um, good, strong swimmer, biker, and, and struggles a little bit with sometimes with her, with her running. Um, one thing I did laugh about when I was reading the PR pieces, she goes, I'm going to work for my really, really hard on my first, on the first discipline. And I thought, oh, yes, she must be a good swimmer. And he, she was talking about the bike. <laughs> <laughs> so, but she's a good athlete. But I, you know, I would say uh, they're also pushing Tina Dickens, um, the Belgian winner of Ironman France last year. Yep. But I would say uh, my race favourite's going to be Bella Bayless. She didn't yeah. uh, didn't win there last year. So um, she last year, I think. And she, mm, yeah, but then she won the UK, Lanzarote, and Austria. Did she win Austria last year? You always lose track with Bayless. Those guys race so. She did so, won three races last year. Yeah, so I, I think she's about due for a uh, bit of a comeback. She normally comes and races Ironman New Zealand, um, but she didn't race there, so I'm not sure if she's raced this season yet. But I think she's uh, she's primed and ready for a big race. Yeah, yeah. Bella's kind of that in between second and first tier, isn't she? Because she, oh, she's, she's not second tier. No, she's still a top ten in Kona, I suppose you could say she's first yeah. tier nowadays. So you know that, that year, uh, not last year, the year before last, um, I think she was she was one place either from front or behind Gina Ferguson or Crawford now. So there was yeah, it was like a sixth or seventh. So on her day, she can be right up there. And so bike bike runner, she's she's pretty competitive. Some still a bit of a bit of a weakness for her, but yeah, on her day, she can be really competitive. So I'm going to say that that Bella is going to take this race, and that will be in my fantasy try picks. Bevan, we need to fantasy try picks oh, this okay. week. Jeepers, creepers, fantasy so put that on there. Your to-do list. I might, uh, I might do it straight after the show so I actually remember for this time. Yeah. So com. It will be on there this week and uh, make sure you other listeners. I think get it's going to be a little bit easier than Abu Dhabi, I'll tell you that much. It is. And then that, the, the real challenge with Fantasy Try, I think, will be come when we, we get around to... Uh, I mean Germany when you get around to Rote when you yeah. get around to Kona, those ones will be the hard ones to pick. I mean, I think the, this one here, as you said, you know, it's... Reasonably easy to pick who's in the top yeah. three. You just sometimes got to pick between one or two people. Like at I mean New Zealand, you sort of had to pick between Cameron and Terenzo. You couldn't really afford to have both of them. So, yeah, yeah it should be pretty straightforward, but I'll still kick your ass. It's okay. Well, we'll wait and see, John. You, we'll know, wait, you, see. you talk a big game. That's, you know. I, do, I do talk a big game. Uh, you know, but I deliver. Well, you yeah, haven't really. <laughs> Let's be honest. You've had one good week. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you take the easy road by not even entering the contest. You basically <laughs> walk knowing you're going to get spanked. I'm back this week, John. You just back. wait. Okay, we've also got Ironman. I mean, 70.3 New Orleans happened last weekend, and uh, good day for the Kiwis. Uh, good old Sam Warren took out the females, and Andy Potts took out the men's, but uh, good old Terenzo came in at second. It was a pretty strong field for, for uh, you know, um, so they're obviously doing something right right there. Um, as you see, Andy Potts led from start to finish. Um, Terenzo took a little bit of time out of him on the, out of him on the bike, about a minute and a half out of him on the bike, um, but then Andy Potts ran a 112.40 to finish in 3.43. Jesus, and Terenzo was, run, eh? 
Is it for a big man? I mean, um, you know, it's always hard to, to see the size of people when you don't actually meet them, and especially say on the ITU circuit, yeah. you, you know, you can't really tell how big they are, and they're actually midgets, especially the girls, um, the guy side of things. So, you know, we both met Andy Potts and, yeah, and Tona. He's, he's a unit, man. He's, yeah. he's a solid size. So to, to be able to run that fast is, is really impressive, especially when he doesn't come from a running background. So great he's not really, Is he doing any ITU now? He's not, is he? Uh, he probably does some Olympic distance, but I don't think he's racing on very much, if at all, on the um, World Championship Series. So he's obviously um, not losing that much speed, you know, in his running. You know, he's obviously not the top, maybe what he would have been when he was doing ITU, but you know, it's good. Exactly, and, and that's what you hear a lot of the, the top guys saying when they do make the transfer across to Ironman from short course, they do try to keep up their speed work. Sure, they've got to do the volume, but they, you know, they, they see that as their advantage, um, even at iron distance races, is to keep that speed and definitely at half distance. So good to see Terenzo again second. Paul Amy. I think Terenzo did actually pull up to him in the race. I think it got pretty close for a bit there, but then Andy pulled away at the last bit. I seem to recall reading that um, Terenzo got the lead for a little bit. Yeah, because he was about a minute and a half down from the swim, and then he took about a minute and a half out of him on the bike. So, yeah, so I'd say you're right. They probably came off the bike together, and then he yeah. lost nearly four minutes. And Paul Amy had a pretty good race there in uh, third place. He's 37 years old now. He's um, been around a while, and you also had Frederick Van Leer in fourth, Dirk Bockel in fifth. On the girls' side of things, as you said, Sam Warren are, uh, took it out. Um, she's on a bit of a comeback trail. Doesn't seem to be that interested in the ITU racing um, at so far this year. Well, no, year. I actually, actually read that she will be getting back into ITU. So, um, yeah, I did my piece, John. You know, you did piece. Oh, no, I'm, I'm showing you up today, aren't I? You did know, she she took it out and she just said she's happy to be back and winning again. And her wrist is feeling better, and so she feels she may be ready for ITU within the next period. So, she had a abysmal year on the ITU circuit last year so you know I think the half distance suits her really really well and I just can't see her swim being strong enough again this year at ITU distance um, to, to be able to keep up with the girls uh, but we'll, we'll wait and see hopefully she proves me wrong but I think the half distance she's, she can be a real weapon at that yeah. and Lindsay, Lindsay Corbin in second and Amy Marsh the winner at Ironman China in third place nice. and uh, anything else for news <laughs> yes I have got some more news Bevan I oh, found it really? Well, it's kind of gossip news, but it's not our gossip. It's from uh, try247.com, and apparently Challenge... uh, Oh, yes, I have actually heard this, yes. Signed up an agreement with uh, a company over there in... uh, UK. Just Racing UK Limited, and they're going to be the representatives of the Challenge brand in the UK. They haven't said what sort of race they're setting up, Um, so it could be a half. Uh, The current race organiser organises a race called the Beaver Triathlon, which is a middle distance, but the Palms always call a half Ironman middle distance um, at Belvoir Castle. So last year it was won by Philip Graves. So really be interesting to see. I think think a challenge race in the UK would go down well. The old um, Ironman course? No, there's castles all over the place uh, in the UK. Okay. So, um, but I, but as I said, I think uh, a challenge race would go down really, really well in, in the UK. So, we'll be interested to see how that progresses. So, this season won't happen up this season, but I'm sure um, next year it'll be be on the on the radar. Yo, Nathan Bradford actually sent through an email this morning just showing us the link on uh, 220triathlon.com and actually got the photo of Felix and the other race organisers, so it must be true, John. It must be true. Alan Rose. Nice. So, that was good. I think that's really great for the sport because, I mean, you know, triathlon's huge in the UK. They, they love the sport. And the fact there's only one Ironman there, you know, this will sell out. It's a good strategic move, isn't it? 
There, yeah, I mean, there's a couple of other iron distance races over there which seem to get small fields. So we here we talked last week about the Big Woody, and there's uh, there's the one down in. Uh, down Exmoor, I think, somewhere down there. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I think there is demand over there for another race. The one challenge you always find with the UK athletes is they seem to like to go across to, to, to Europe to race, and, oh, and those, okay. you know, those European races, it's so cheap for them to get over there. At the moment, though, they wouldn't be able to get there. Yeah. But anyway, um, they they like going over there with a dip, different atmosphere, and the European crowds are very passionate about what they do. Um, the problem you often face in the UK is, is you've got a very uneducated um, general public in terms of triathlon and cycling, whereas you go to Europe and, and, and cycling is really embedded in the culture, so it fits in a lot, lot better. So I'm not trying to slag you palms off, just saying <laughs> yes, yes, you are. I've lived there, I know what it's like. That's um, why you're slagging them off. <laughs> so it's, it's just different in Europe. So, But I suppose I, I still think a challenge race would go down really well, and, and just because of the, the marketing they've got and, and the database, and, and the, they'll be able to push it well, whereas some of these um, smaller iron distance races, you know, it's just hard to, you know, you've got to spend a lot of money to get the get the name out there so I think it's uh, it's good news for your palms yeah that's pretty good news eh? um, okay uh, so that's pretty much the news John anything else you want to add to it that's about it for now okay as good as it's going to get today guys sorry about that okay this week's discussion of the week well we've got an email through from someone I can't remember who it was but basically saying what are some special things that race organisers have done that every other race organiser should kind of you know put into their event planning and John okay. I'm pulling up the page now so Okay, we'll go it? one for one. Okay, you, you go first because I'm so, struggling. Vegan, uh, having the sex of the showers in German at Ironman Switzerland, so I just wandered into the women's and got changed there. Luckily for the ladies, there weren't many looking to get changed at the time, so not too much psychological damage was done. So obviously, vegan can't read the old Deutsch language. Nice, nice. You do the next one because I'm still not there. I mean, Andrew Brin Search. Um, they could have a king of the mountains or sprints in each leg. This would help keep the race pace up on the bike and help make athletes make more money. Look at Kona. The bike was much better as Phil Graves was going for the bike prize. So you know, I'd, I'd agree to an extent with that. Um, you do see a few athletes go for the prems, and, and they've had they've tried it in the ITU distance. I think they've they've steered away from it now. Um, but it was, it was good to have Philip Graves going for it. Um, it doesn't seem to be much of an incentive on the run. It always just seems to be, uh, you know, uh, Chris Liado seems to take it at the top of Palani Hill and Kona. But, you know, Well, I think the run in Ironman, the problem is that if you're in the front, you're, you're trying to win the race, so you're not going to yeah. win the race out for the bloody, you know, the half prem. That's right. You know, like it's, it's kind of, it's too risky at this stage, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, good old Craig Brighthouse, Brock Prizes. Uh, the best races give them away at the race registration or race briefing before the race, not at the prize giving. Well, that's a good idea. I often finish near the front of the race, but there is an expectation from race directors that to have to qualify for a spot prize and to some um, are decent, I have to hang around with my board family for hours. I'm a busy guy with other demands on me. I pay my entry fee the same as everyone else. Let me win my new bike. And I pay for and get it delivered. Yeah, which is probably, it's probably not a bad idea. I do. I understand why race directors do it. They want the social atmosphere at races and stuff. So, yeah, there's there's pros and cons to that one. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, uh, Joseph Flynn. Some races have volunteers at T two that take your bike f- um, for you and get uh, get it right away after the run. Um, nice at beach to battleship in the US. They also retrieve it for you at the end of the race day. 
double nice. Plus, no chance of getting it nicked as you need to race your race number to get your bike. No ticky, no laundry. Nice, good old Nick Hutton saying, start the race with a horn sounded from a logging truck like Hoxie does in Road of Vegas. Uh, one thing they all seem to get wrong, however, is the amount of crap clothing you get in your race pack. Race directors, if you are listening, we don't want cheap, poorly made, ugliest sing- singlets, uh, race singlets or t-shirts. Either low-key, high-quality named brand stuff or nothing. It's not that hard. I do have to admit, some of those race singlets, like I remember when I did Kona, we, they give you the free t-shirt. And yeah. Like, it's obviously as cheap as they can get it and the sizes yeah. were terrible like it was poor cotton and I think I got a medium and it was like a tent I could literally go camping with it and and you kind of thought come on guys you know you're paying a lot of money you can taste you know I'm surely you've got a sponsor and then you go into the old the store to buy stuff and it's all pretty good stuff there but exactly yeah, yeah. So I think, you know, in terms of a um, couple of things that I noted down um, that, that appeal to me when I go to races, um, I think Ironman New Zealand do, do a great job usually with their race bag. They always try to think of something different each year so they don't just give you that crappy T-shirt each time around. I remember a couple of years ago they gave you a wheel bag. I think yep. this year they gave you a set of um, jandals. And that's including a T-shirt. And I, I have to say Ironman New Zealand normally give a pretty good T-shirt. Mm. So I think um, they do some good things. I always try to think of something a little bit different each year, um, which I think is great. So one thing you know, for me as a racer I like is, is to get a decent goodie bag um, when you when you go to races, and that's something I try to do with the races I put on is you know you get what you pay for. If you pay thirty bucks for a, for a race entry, I still try to put as um, put a number of things in the bag. If you're paying big entry fees, which you do for Ironman race on distance races, um, then you know you expect to get something decent back for that. And if you go to a say a challenge race where it might be um, a bit cheaper, then you just got to weigh it up. But you know, if you're paying five six hundred bucks for an entry fee, yeah, you know, I expect a few little uh, kickbacks in my, my goodie bag. The other things that I really like that race organisers do um, is trying to keep race briefings and race prize givings really slick and moving really quickly. Yeah. One thing that really gets up my nose is when you've got to just stand around for hours and hours at a race briefing and likewise when prize givings really drag on. I just really enjoy it when race organisers boom, 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 get to the point. If you want to ask questions, you wait around at the end, otherwise you're in and out and get it, getting everything done. Yeah, I totally agree. I have to admit, the showers were gold and wrote, um, when we did wrote, or oh, I've done it a couple of times, but you know, like it's just beautiful. It's nice when you finish a race, you can sit down, have your feed, and you know what? At those Ironman races, everywhere's got a good feed, um, mm. except for Kona, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and um, and have a shower. And it was just really nice. You could take your time, and you know, you go say hello to your partner and stuff. But then you can actually just go back and then have a shower, and it's just nice to freshen up at the race because then you actually want to hang around and watch a little bit of it. Whereas if it, with the showers not there, you tend to just want to get home after you've got out. So. Um, I don't know, I, I really thought that was pretty great. Nice. And one other thing I noted down was uh, Kona, granted they don't do the, the immediate post-race um, food very well, but I like it when they give away free drinks at the uh, at the prize giving like they do in Kona and, and in Rote um, where they've got free free beers flowing. It's great. That is good. Okay, so that's uh, our ideas for discussion of the week. So this week's discussion of the week, what have we got coming up, John? We've got old, good old, who sent it through? Good old... Good old Kev. Kev, here we go, John. Here we go, Kev. Uh, Kev Rock. A question for you. With uh, oh, okay, so basically he's asking, you know, Lance Armstrong's kind of. We don't know 100 percent if he's going to be doing it, but word on the street is that Lance's going to do Kona to 11. Uh, and he's, Kev's basically asking, 
do we think we should just give him a, a slot for free because it's Lance Armstrong? And, and you've kind of extended on this and you've basically said, should there be dis- discretionary spots for Kona or for some people or some pros who don't have to qualify? So what I'm sort of saying, maybe say we look, uh, there's 15 or say 15 or 20 slots for, for pro athletes or for, for star athletes like Lance Armstrong, where WTC have the discretion to give them those slots. Would that really get up your goat, or are you cool with that happening? So let's let's say it was uh, 20. Let's say it was 25 discretionary pro slots where okay. pros don't have to qualify. And also, you know, he had someone like Greg Bennett saying he would never qualify for Kona, but he would love to go and race there. Um, so. Is that, uh, is, it, is, is, is it actually what he said, or is it just you making that up? No, 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 I remember I've heard interviews with him saying he would like to do Kona, but he would not like to go through the qualifying process of having to do another race because that sort of smokes the whole season, and he's unable to make a, you know the living that he requires. So that's why he sticks with short course. Um, but Kona is something he would like to do. Oh, that's interesting. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. We'll talk about this next week because I have some thoughts, John, but I'll, I'll hold okay. back. Nice. Okay, then, uh, let's. Oh, let's not put music because we can't do music this week. Uh, let's do it. Three, two, one. Age group of the week. Beautiful and good old. Who sent this one through? Uh, Lavina Gordon. Lavina Gordon. Hello, Bevan and John. I would like to nominate my husband as age group of the week. He has a fairly demanding job but still manages to train the house down. He has been doing triathlon for about five years and during that time he has encouraged me to progress from a twice a week around the park runner to a wannabe Ironman. I hope to do my first Ironman this December. Naturally, I'm following the John Newsom trademark plan. Ooh, nice. Nice. We need to get the, the little TM in there, John. Nice. Uh, he raced Ironman in China on March 14th. He was very sick about two days before the race, either food poisoning for or from swimming in the river. Quite a few athletes were very sick. Despite vomiting for almost uh, for most of the days, two days before the race, he still raced. During the race, he thanked the volunteers, stopped and offered assistance to an athlete in trouble on the bike course, and powered through the marathon despite the fact that he hadn't been able to keep food down for the entire race. He's also a dedicated I Am Talk listener, Ian Gordon. Nice. To her husband. Nice, Ian. There's three things that, that come out of this email from me. Firstly, it was a, obviously an outstanding performance when he wasn't uh, wasn't feeling so well at Ironman China. Um, secondly, he's a, obviously a smart man because he's got his wife involved in the sport <laughs> that he's able to keep doing it because that is a real challenge when your partner is not involved in the sport, trying to get that balance. But if you get them involved, win-win situation, great. And then finally, one of the things that I think is fantastic about this is he going going around um, thanking volunteers as he's going through the race. And yeah. that's um, there's quite a few things getting on my go today, Bevan. And, and, oh, and really? You woke up on the wrong side of your bed, haven't you, John? I have. I had a five o'clock start this morning to make sure I was ready for this. But um, it's when people take out, vent their anger at volunteers. And the thing oh. is, volunteers are volunteers. And at most races, you know, the people that are getting in the paid positions as your race organizer and maybe your head of each, you know, your swim director, bike director, run director, whatever, those are the people that are, that are in paid positions and they're the ones that are responsible for running the race. Pretty much everybody you're going to see in the race is going to be a volunteer who are just giving up their time so you guys can race. So to, to, to do that, I think it's fantastic. And uh, and yeah, my, my message there is if, if you've got some issues with the race, and that which is perfectly fine, um, go and vent them with the, the race organiser or the director of the particular discipline because uh, the people out there are just, just trying to do the best that they can and, and help out. Yeah, and they give up their day. And I think the thing to remember is that it's your job to make it easy for them to know what you want. 
you know what I mean? Mm. Because you can't just expect them to know what you want, and you've got to be really good at yelling out before you're coming up, you know, oh, I want I want gels, I want gels. And, you know, if you give them plenty of warning, they're, they're pretty great. And, you know, occasionally things go wrong, but, yeah, as you say, John, these are volunteers, and, you know, our sport wouldn't survive without these people, so we've got to give them lots of love, and it needs to be a good experience for them, doesn't it? Yeah, totally. They want to come back next year. Also, in the end situation, you know, two days before the race spewing up and... and you know, to actually decide to go, you know what, oh, I'm still going to do the race is pretty great. Mm. Oh, it's good. Very, very cool. So, a worthy age group of the week. So, Ian Gordon, you are our age, age group, of, group the of the week. Beautiful. Give me a quick show this week, Bevan. How far are we going? Twenty. We've got about 23 minutes into it. 23 minutes, I might say. So, yeah, yeah. we definitely, we need to pander a little bit, actually. But, yeah. uh I've got some pandering points at the end. Oh, good. Okay, here we go. Well, uh, website of the week. Of the week. Beautiful. Uh, this one comes from good old. Who's this one, John? Uh, you got to pronounce it correctly. She's given us pronunciation oh, help. Okay, here, here we go. Kikaina. I think it's Carnina. Carnina. Okay. Good. Carnina uh, Roberts. AKA Bubbles Babe on Fantasy Try. I'm an Australian living in the UK and love listening to your podcast. We love that you love listening to our podcast. I have only recently got into doing triathlons, and while not at Ironman level yet, your tips work for Olympic distance too. That's bloody good to know. And I love hearing about the pros and doing the Fantasy Try. I'm not an athlete, but really enjoy challenging myself and doing things I would have never thought possible. Three years ago, I'd never run before in my life. Hadn't run a bike since I was at school and had only swam for fun. So the thought of doing a, a triathlon seemed ridiculous, to say the least. But my first year, I competed three sprint distances and finished a year with an Olympic distance. Then last year, I took on the new challenge and did the London Marathon and the London Triathlon. I'm not... At fast, but every race I do, I improve. I did a half marathon a few weeks ago and took eight minutes off my time from last year. So I'll keep plugging away and putting it into your practices and tips. Nice. Anyway, my real reason for emailing you is that I thought you guys would be interested in this guy called, a uh, British guy called Dan Martin, and he's planning to do a global triathlon starting next month. It will take him 18 months, including swimming across the Atlantic, which has never been done unaided without a shark cage, then swimming across Europe and Asia, and then running across North America. I think finishing with a New York marathon with a New York marathon, he has to put aside seven put on seven stones just to keep up the the warmth in the swim. I saw him in a magazine last week and thought he was pretty amazing stuff and it would be something that you and your listeners would be interested to find out about. And uh, this guy's an animal, isn't he John? Yeah, so if you want to check out his uh, story, go to danmartinextreme.com. Um, that's his website. So it's, it's going to be an interesting one, and I haven't found on here, and somebody can probably point me out who knows a bit more about this, is how he's actually planning on doing the swim. Um, because as you said, it's without a shark cage and it's unaided. So I'm picking he's either going to tow a little boat along, because he obviously could not swim it continuously, I would say. Um, that's pretty much impossible. How can you do that? Yeah, it's fascinating. Well, um, initially I thought, and I haven't done my P's, in full detail here is you know you'd swim along and you swim however long you're going to swim for that day and then you have a boat next to you and then you just um, park up on the boat and uh, you wouldn't you'd, you know you wouldn't move and then you jump back in when you want to go and you just carry on like that so you might end up swimming you know I don't know 10k a day or something like that and then uh, and then and then truck on so it's going to be very interesting to track him one thing that I note that is uh, interesting is, is as you said I think the swim comes towards the end of his trip if he's finishing with the New York Marathon um, so that would probably make it a doubly challenging and if I was going to do it I'd certainly have the, the swim at the start um, but yeah it's going to be a fascinating challenge for him he's only I think 28 years of age he's done some pretty funky things already um, and the so money he raises 
No, he's swimming, he's swimming first, John. Oh, is he swimming first? So he's, he's a sensible man. Finish, yeah, so he's running across. So he's basically swimming across from New York to the UK. Yeah. And then riding across Europe up to the top of kind of like basically where Russia would go. Yeah. Or somewhere around there. Oh, I'm not even sure, to be honest. And then, yeah, and then coming down. It's going to be. Uh, I think the, the swim is going to be fascinating. I think, you know, the other stuff that he's doing is going to be um, going to be really interesting. It, if you go onto his website, he uh, the bike that he's got a picture of is basically just a, an old pretty mountain bike, and yeah. he's in uh, running shoes. So, you know, I think these things. Uh, it depends how he attacks it. You know, if, if he ends up riding fifty you know, fifty to seventy k a day, you know, it's still a massive achievement. To obviously, go around the globe, but I guess in some ways it would just be like um, training for for eighteen months. You know, fairly regular to what you and I. You know, if you go out for a couple of hours on the bike each day, but it'll be interesting to see if he does sort of go all day, most days for 18 months, and that's just going to be a, a staggering feat. But uh, I think that swim is going to be uh, it's going to be very, very interesting, and I'll really be interested to hear how he's going to do it and uh, and whether he can do it. Once he's through the swim, you know, looking at his uh, resume, I think he'll, uh, he'll he'll just truck on through and get everything else done. Um, but yeah, well, one question I have: if he's going to swim by himself towing a boat. Which seems pretty impossible, really. Um, how, how can you prove that he hasn't jumped in the boat and done, you know, a bit of the old sifty? Hey, <laughs> just slicked forward a little bit tonight. Well, it's it's not a it's not a race as yeah, such. I, so I think he can do whatever thing. he wants to. Um, mm. But this certainly wouldn't be the same uh, satisfaction if you know that you yeah you faked it faked the swim. So I'm, I'm sure I'm sure he won't. He seems like a pretty legit dude. Um, but yeah, it's going to be. He seems to be getting a lot of coverage. He's been on on the BBC um, morning show and getting plenty of coverage over there in the UK. So if you want to check it out, if you want to support him, go to danmartinextreme.com, and uh, I think he's starting on the eighteenth eighth of May coming up. Wow, oh, that that is crazy, isn't it? Because mm. nice. yeah, that's that's it's madness. And swimming the Atlantic. It's a long way. Some ships can't even do it, John. That's what it says on here. <laughs> that's right. Live on a guy with a raggedy beard. <laughs> yeah. Man, yeah. that's extreme. Because it's also just the loneliness, eh? Like, you know, like on the bike, you can meet people in towns and stuff, but if you're now at sea, because how long would that take, you reckon? I've got no, absolutely no idea. It'd be a while, but wouldn't it? <laughs> it's going to be a while. You can you, you might have some friends, you know, some make friends with some whales and some sharks. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be good for your love life. Yeah, let's put it that way. Okay, uh, okay. Well, that's thanks you for who's that through again. Carnina. Uh, Carnina. Thank you, Carnina, for that because it's a bloody good website. Well done on your progress. You're obviously doing pretty great over there. Okay, John, do your coach's corner intro. Coach's corner. Okay, so I'm gonna start this one off. Good old Kiwi JJ sent through an email, basically saying he's been doing some some triathlons and he's loving the show as always. But he's been doing some age group triathlons. New to Ironman and basically wants to train and wants to use his lunch breaks, is it? Yeah, but he's got an hour and a half for his lunch breaks. He's in a bit of a fortunate situation. Um, so he's got a reasonable amount of time to get out there and uh, and he's got access to swimming, pools nearby, the ocean's right there. He's got a gym where obviously he can go running or biking um, and he's got a shower. Is not so long ago, John? No, I don't think so. Oh, okay. Could have done. Anyway, I'll answer it again if we didn't. Okay, nice. No, no, I'll probably give a completely different answer. <laughs> I think the things with what we can learn from Jay here before we even go into it is that if you can arrange off your work to get an hour and a half for lunch, so maybe that means you go in half an hour earlier or you, you know, because often when we talk about the lunchtime sessions, you only get an hour and by the time you get changed and you go back to it, you only really get 30, 45 minutes of training. So 
a good idea to actually go to your boss and say, you know, can I work a little bit earlier in the morning so I can get down half for lunch or something like that? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. okay anyway, my answer to this question is, um, <clears throat> the, the, you know, looking at your lunch hour, I, I think, well, I know Jason, he's coming into, you know, the off season, so I'm going to look at this from a, from a Kiwi perspective, as if, if you've got a significantly weaker discipline, um, now is the time to really start working on it, and if you've got lunch hours, um, it should fit in really well, um, and Jay was also a newer athlete to the sport, and uh, for, for those newer athletes, typically their, their weakness, if they don't have a, a, an endurance sport background, is going to be their aerobic conditioning. Yep. So, you know, generally I'd suggest that athletes like Jay um, probably spend the winter months um, where it's a bit colder and a bit crappier, focusing on either their running or their biking, and in Jay's case, probably probably running. Um, and you can make a really good use of your time. If you've got an hour and a half, there's plenty of time to do some, some good running. Um, and for most athletes, they just need to learn to run and just run continuously and they'll just get fitter and fitter so you do need to focus on doing some some drill work and some strides so you do start to think about your, your leg speed but for the most part you just need to be getting out there and and doing plenty of steady running so now we're sort of um, going into to autumn time um, leaves are falling off the tree it's starting to get a little bit colder you basically just want to start getting into your running and build it up slowly you start by building it up to the same um, sort of running volume that you were doing during summer um, with your swimming, biking and running just to just to find your legs a little bit and then you've got to be really careful how you build it. Um, so once you've got that, that base going that you had over summer, then, then build it up to probably add in an extra run um, and hold that for, for two to three weeks and then you, you know it's okay to build it again. Once you get up to, to five runs per week, um, then you want to hold that for, for at least a good sort of four to eight weeks um, just to get used to that, that amount of running. Um, and I would say you know twice a week you want to make sure you're doing some drills and strides if you want to get figure out um, what sort of drill work to do. You know, the striding on DVD is always a good one to get. Um, that goes through most of your basic running drills. And um, and having said that, you know, most of your running should just be steady aerobic conditioning work. You know, do throw in some, some races, and if you're feeling like chucking in the odd hard session here and there, um, it would be fine. But I'd say initially for athletes of Jay's ability they, or, or Jay's experience, they just need to be getting out there and running consistently and not worrying so much about the, 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 the intensity side of things. Um, and, and I think we discussed a few weeks ago that you know training sessions generally need to have a purpose. You don't want to be going out there aimlessly running. Um, and just because you're going out there and doing steady runs, it, it isn't aimless. You know, the, the purpose of each of these sessions when you are just doing steady workouts is you're trying to build your aerobic conditioning. Um, so you don't need to be knackered up after each session. You're just trying to get the legs used to running regularly and just building your, you know, your efficiency when you're out there. So the other things I'd say, is make sure you figure out what your steady zone is so you're not actually going out there and training too hard all the time um, and you can do that either by going and getting some, some lab testing done or figuring out your maximum heart rate and your, your steady heart rate zone is usually about 30 to 50 beats below your maximum heart rate um, and the one other thing I'd say is get yourself videoed um, and that applies to swimming as well is so you can actually see what you're doing um, and then you'll have a you can find plenty of footage where you can see what you should be doing um, but you should most people can pick out a few faults um, just by doing some basic research on the net Okay. Anything else to say today, John? Uh, if you're if if you're looking at this more of a um, 
a, a summer example, so you're in season, I'd probably say a good way to approach it would be to do um, three days where you maybe do, say, your, your morning training um, and then you have a lunch session. So, you know, on those days, you'd swim in the morning and then do your run sessions at lunch. Um, but two days a week, you know, you, if you need a little bit more than an hour and a half, those days would be good days to be uh, shortening your lunch hour and try to get your, your slightly longer rides in either before or after work. And then obviously do your weekend stuff. Um, it's going to be a little bit longer. Okay, nice. Anything else? <laughs> uh, he's mentioned one other thing here. Um, but I've, now, come to think about it, we may have already done this email, Bevan. Um, I would imagine Coach John, <laughs> Coach John has an opinion on this. So if he wants to share, please tell us all. Will Coach John be having a coffee at the side of the Taki restaurant in light of all the media reports in Christchurch? And um, this was when we talked about a few weeks ago some dork and a. Um, do you know, do you know I, I actually know him. Do you? Yeah, I used to figure out, I didn't, I didn't figure it out at first, but. There's, okay, I'll tell the story first. So there's a guy who, who owns a Hummer and he's sticker cyclist. There's a main route, you know what it's like for us cyclists, that we tend to dom, there tend to be your local area rides and so everyone tends to use the same roads and this guy basically owns a Hummer and he's sick of cyclists being on his roads he, and, and he was, there was a bit of aggression, wasn't there? He posted on the net somewhere that he was going to you know, ride people off the road you know, and, he, and he's already ridden a couple, uh, you know, driven a couple of people off the road that week. And it's actually spread internationally because somebody emailed us this week saying that he'd, he'd read about this and is it true that the, you know, the drivers are so bad in New Zealand? And they are worse than, say, what your European, a lot of the European drivers are in New Zealand and um, we don't have as many cycle lanes and what have you. Um, but it's, it's still not out of control. But this guy, I mean, if you say you know him, is he a complete tosser? He certainly comes across that way. Well, I don't know if he was a complete tosser, but he was he was definitely like as a player he was always pretty aggressive. <laughs> he was, he was yeah. actually quite a good league player, but yeah, 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 he was, yeah, he was definitely he definitely did his persona didn't come across very well. <laughs> but you know, he wasn't playing the game very well, was he was a bit of an idiot. So um but anyway, so you're so will you be having coffee there, John? No, I will not. And you're protesting, aren't you? I am protesting. Now if I find out which other cafes and stuff he owns around town, um I'll be vetoing all those cafes as well. Nice. Protesting with your feet. I am. Very good. Okay. Uh, what else we got here, John? Anything else? We go. I'm not questions and answers. Okay. Here we go. Let's have a look at questions and answers. First question. Okay. Good old Ben. How does that one? Sure. Sure. Yeah. Okay. A few things. Love that you asked Cam about his nutrition plans. Should make that a standard interview question from now onwards. I always keep um, keep to hear what the pros are doing for race nutrition. So maybe we should. We know what we didn't do with Cam Brown. We didn't ask him our standard questions. No, we didn't either. No. Shave or wax. We would have got some honest answers out of him. I guarantee he doesn't use any bloody facial moisturising products. I actually think he does because he's looking quite young for his age. I, I think John, he's secretly doing it. Uh, Dana, Dana Castor. Dana so, Castor. Castor, we got a lot of emails this week about... The fact we didn't know who she was. <laughs> well, I kind of, I said she was very good. And, and, uh, <laughs> no, I said she was good. The reason why I thought it, I wasn't quite sure, because it said it was her virgin, um, her first marathon that she was doing. Um, was well, no, it said she was racing in the, um, in the Virgin Marathon. And I'm, I'm wondering if that's a sponsor of the London Marathon. So that's what confused me. So apparently she has, uh, she did get a bronze medal at the Olympics. So she's obviously a very, very handy runner. But uh, um, my okay. running knowledge is not that great. I mean, I, um, I don't... Yes, here we go, John. 2004, she got bronze at the Olympic Marathon. 2005, she won the Chicago Marathon. 2006, she won the London Marathon, um, setting an American record. 
and placed sixth at the New New York Marathon in 2006 and fifth at the 2007 Boston Marathon. So he's pretty good, John. And if, if you've seen that movie, Spirit of the Marathon, which I haven't, but I heard of it when it came out. She's basically one of the people they follow in that. Nice. Mm, so well, maybe. And apparently there's, up, there's some, some stuff up on Hula, yep. um, but we can't get that in New Zealand. And so, I think that uh, is Spirit of the Marathon, but I think there's also some links. People sent us through some links for it on YouTube, so you can maybe even just check out YouTube and uh, give it a plug there. So. so the Boston Marathon was actually on today. And oh, was it? The winner did 205.52. And remember, we had to try to do our picks for, for Ryan. Yeah, what did he do? What did he do? He did 208.41. I got it, John. I got it closer than you because I went closer than yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's almost exactly the same as what he did last year because I, th- I thought he did two eight forty last year. But anyway, no, I, went, um, I think I went two eight thirty. I think I went in thirties, but I think I went pretty close. Yeah. So anyway, my knowledge of uh, marathon running is not that great. I mean, uh, so I'm, I mean, I don't, I'm not familiar with how to any of these names in the top ten. I know I've heard of a couple of them, but I tend to just follow triathlon and cycling, a little bit of cycling and uh, marathon knowledge outside of New Zealand is pretty limited. I couldn't even tell you who the best marathon is in New Zealand at the moment, so there you go. There you go. Okay, we've been doing a lot of thinking about using the run-walk strategy lately. Uh, can we let him know if anything, oh, he wants to know if anything great comes to mind, but you're kind of using it, John, so any what your thoughts oh, yeah. on how it's going? No, I mean, every athlete that I've used it with has, uh, has PB. And uh, so, you know, I haven't had many guys. Um, have you used it with experienced athletes, you know, because it's easier with newer people to kind of, you know, but have you used it with people who have actually been around for a while? Well, I remember, and I apologize to the guy who came on our camp in Camp Kiakaha in France, and he's a Kiwi guy who's living in the UK, and he did a sub three hour run with it. Um, so, you know, that, that's as quick as I've seen so far with people doing it. I'll be using it in the Christchurch Marathon. Yeah, um, we'll, see that, John. Uh, we'll see how I go. Um, but, I, you know, it seems to work well in training. But for the majority, for, for everybody that I, that I coach, and I had a guy use it just today in the Boston Marathon, and he was supposed to use it in the Boston Marathon. I haven't heard from him yet. But he did a 328, um, which was a you know really good PB for, well, a really good run for him given his current condition. So it was yeah. fantastic. Um, so, you know, from, from all my experience so far, it's, it's working well. And especially for those long runs and training, it seems to work really well and, and so, not have So what's the difference to finding in the long runs? You know, like, are you, what, why are they working well? What, what's working well? Give me some specifics, John. Main, there's two main specifics. Is, uh, one is the, your legs are not getting as fatigued, so they do, they, they, and you recover quicker from, from the sessions. And the other key one that people find when they race is uh, it's, you just got to focus on whatever the breakdown is going to be. So if, if you're going to run nine minutes on, one minute off, you just got to think, I've got to run nine minutes. And that's what you're focusing on rather than thinking, you know, I've got 21K to go or I'm, I'm not even halfway yet. You're thinking nine minutes and I'm going to get a little break. So I think those are the two key benefits is recovering quicker from sessions and, uh, and, and secondly, the, the mental side of it is a lot easier. And I do find that when I'm doing my key sessions now when I'm doing my long runs with the, the, the hard at work at the end where I'm doing a lot of marathon pace work which is which is which is tough yeah. is I'm just thinking either I've got you know I either break it down into a K split or I've just got to go right I've got to get uh, one more K and I'm going to get a little mini, mini recovery and so it, it is it is uh, it is really beneficial and the results speak for themselves so far. Do you find when you're doing your marathon, like I remember last year when I was doing my marathon pace work for the Christchurch um, Marathon, and, and you kind of like, I, I think I did a, a, a half marathon at marathon pace, and uh, I remember thinking, you know, and I, and I did it comfortably, but I was definitely working, and I remember thinking, jeepers, it's going to be pretty hard to get to this goal. Do you find you're at that place? Uh, 
uh, yeah, but it's, I don't think it's unrealistic. You know, you've always got to remember in a race situation, um, tapered, you know, you're going to be tapered. You're going to have lots of people around you. So, you know, I have mixed days. Some days I'm finding my marathon pace stuff pretty comfortable. Um, uh, other days I'm finding it pretty tough. But you've got to remember for, for us, for our, uh, you know, it's only two hours and 40 minutes of, of work. So it should be pretty uncomfortable the whole way. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't be easy, whereas an Ironman pace work is, you know, yeah, that's that's pretty pretty easy. Um, it's just a matter matter of hanging on. So, yeah, if, if you're if you're doing a four to five hour marathon, obviously your your relative effort is going to be a little bit less. Okay, nice, love you, John. Lastly, uh, David Pierce sent through one, and he's basically he's talking about his on try talk, and someone was talking about Iron Talks that someone by the name of Gordo. He's not sure if we know the guy. Maybe our mate uh, <laughs> uh, gave some advice on. And, and one thing about Gordo is. Um, well, it's not last six years, few more. But one thing about Gordo is he's, he's one of the great thinkers of our sport, eh? and he's a really good writer. And you can go to his website. Um, what's it? Endurancecorner.com. Endurancecorner.com. Yeah, and early on in Gordo's career, he had a website called Gordo World, and it was kind of just his adventures. But he'd do a lot of writing about his training and his tips, and and just wrote a lot of great information. And I think he still has all that on Endurance Corner, or he has a link to it somewhere. So go to endurancecorner.com and just check it out and read around some of his pieces. He also does some coaching as well, so maybe if you want to get him for a coach as well, it's... But the, the one on this one on Try Talk, I think, has has got some good basics for everybody. So just just do a search, go to trytalk or dot com, um, and just search for IM race strategy, and it really lists a, a number of the key things you want to be focusing on, and things not to, to not to overcomplicate things too much. So so check 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 it out. Check it out. Okay, good work. Next one's Jim. Uh, where was the question? This one, John. I'm not really sure. No question here. I'll, I'll summarise this. So last week we talked about the Tri Grand Prix um, and the new series that's oh, going to be yeah, starting yeah. over in uh, in Europe and they've got a race in Basque Country and they've got a race in Kent and one of their key focuses was, we talked about was on athlete care so Jim actually listens to the show and he's the, the, the CEO of the whole um, oh, really? the whole okay. series Did he and he's you because I didn't get this one yeah, I think he probably did, but it's only probably just come through. Okay. But basically, he was listening to the show last week, so it's fantastic that, that we talked about the race. And But what we, what we didn't know was that uh, some of their thinking for the series has come from listening to our own comments and those that have come oh, from our uh, listeners. So, he's a clever man. Flattery works well. I like that, Jim. I like it. So, um, But the, the exciting news is that I've got 37 pers- 37 professionals committed to the 2010 series, um, so they're, they're excited about that. And as we talked about last week, they are expanding the race to the series to five races next year, yeah. and they're going to do a whole variety of races from Olympic distance up to Ironman. Um, and they are really focusing on their differentiating factor is going to be trying to make it the best experience for the athletes possible. And they've gone around all the big races around the world. They went to Abu Dhabi, Frankfurt, Nice, Lake Placid, Sydney um, for the ITU race last weekend and just trying to figure out what is working best for athletes. They're asking their pro athletes what um, what is what is working at races, what's not working, and they're trying to gel that together. Their first event, which is going to be um, uh, the one in the Basque Country, they've limited it to 600 entries this year and it's sold out within two hours. The exciting thing is, though, the exciting thing is they've got the UK event coming up um, this year as well, which is a uh, half iron distance. And we're going to have uh, two free entries, one female and one male, to offer the prizes to our listeners. And we're going to tie that in, though, with the, the launch of our new website. So I just need nice to... Nice, John. Good thinking, Batman. Yeah. 
you can listen in for the next few weeks and we'll have some sort of opportunity for, for listeners to, to win a, an entry into this new series, which I think is going to be fantastic. Nice, nice. It's, all, it's a happy days, John, isn't it? Monday, Tuesday, happy days. I must say, it is pretty cool that these guys are putting on races, like 600 entries, and it's sold out within two hours. They're obviously mm-hmm. doing something right. Like, we had obviously only heard of it recently, but, you know, for a new race, to put on a race, you know, normally these races, new races, you know, you can get 100 people, and it takes a few years to build up, but these guys are obviously doing something right. That's right. It's and the thing is, the proof is in the pudding, you know, like, if they can do good races... And you know, then more people will come on next year because it gets a good name. It's kind of what Challenge have done. If Challenge have kind of set this really good standard, and athletes talk about it, and you know, when they put on your race, you kind of think, "Well, I'll go to a Challenge race because I know it's a good brand." So, uh, talk is cheap. Let's see if they deliver the bait. Talk is cheap, Jonbo. Just a couple of quick things while we're kind of here. Uh, good old Andrew Sawaski um, is a photographer, and he's. I'll put a link to some photography he did at the ITU Sydney race. He had some great photos. Um, obviously, got a pretty wicked camera and knows what he's doing. And uh, so if you want to check out those, I'll put a link to that on the website. What else have I got here, John? I'm just going to fly through the little bits and pieces. Uh, Murray Latworth. I've been, having a bit of, I've been doing some communication with Murray on the side, John. And yeah. he sent me through an email. And he said, I've got this really used, custom-made, pre-production, one-piece, 1990 neon yellow top, purple bottom, pink waistband race suit. The listeners could now, he's basically saying, would John work for the Christchurch Marathon? And he's saying, (laughs) (laughs) but he's saying, we could pledge money to get John to do it. People can pledge money for me to wear my Canterbury Triathlon Club race singlet. And, uh, and I'll wear it but no I'm not going to wear anything stupid in the marathon I didn't think you would I said to him I, I said I'd look there's, there's not much chance no <laughs> not for there's no race. chance not for an A race nice try there Muzza nice, nice try Muzza okay yeah. what else I got here got anything else here there we can help fill a few minutes no. Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Oh, did you see the one from Danny Ward sending through a chip? Uh, yeah, uh, so Danny Ward was in Auckland and he's having some coffee in The Fools, which is a cafe or restaurant in West Auckland. And yeah. the manager made him an IM talk, oh, no, an IM talk, an IM coffee. And he showed him how to actually make the IM logo on top of a coffee. So he's made a YouTube clip of it and you can check that out. I'll put a link to that on www. I am talk.me, so when you've got your IM mates coming around for coffee, you can do a bit of an IM on the top. It was an M, M dot, wasn't it? And it, was, it was the M dot, so um, yeah, you can check that out as well. But other than that, John, I'm, I'm finished with my little bits here. Anything cool. else we need to add? No, sponsors. Sponsors time. So, you can talk. Go to, to um, athlinks.com. Last week, uh, they had the competition, obviously, as we discussed, to guess Ryan Hall's um, finish time, which Bevan sounds like he got fairly close to. Yeah, um, yeah. Did he, did, and basically, you go on the, the prize draw to win some uh, ASICS gear, autographed ASICS gear by uh, Ryan. Okay, and John, here's a question. Up. Who's your favourite athlete of all time? Oh, I have to think about that. Okay, get just off the top of your head. Um, favourite athlete of all time. Did like Miguel Indurain. Yep. Uh, I'd probably say Jordan would be up there because I used to bunk a lot of school to watch Michael Jordan when I was a kid. Yeah, no, no. Those American sports don't do a lot for me. Um, Mark Allen always, you know. Okay, let's say say Mark Allen or or Miguel Nguyen gave Mm -hmm. you a pair of shoes that he had signed. Mm -hmm. Did you wear them? No, um, 
No, I probably, I probably wouldn't. You'd put them on a plaque somewhere and have them yep. on your wall, would you? And then I'd sell them and trade me. <laughs> Keep <laughs> one, sell the other. That's right. Yeah. What okay. would you do, then? Oh, yeah, if it was like Michael Jordan, I wouldn't. But if it was, no. if it was um, you know, one who didn't care for it, probably would win. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But anyway. Um, but anyway, back to athletes. So like, this week you were able to guess on Ryan Hall's finish time. This week coming up, you're able to guess, guess on Dina Castor's time, which we now know a lot more about. Yeah. Um, just she's preparing for I'm London. About two eighteen myself. Two eighteen. London, um, London slow. I can't remember. Uh, it's, it's not not quite sure if it, it's. I think it's, it's flat. Um, so um, I'm picking it's got to be reasonably fast. So I haven't actually checked the times. But anyway, thing, uh, one, one thing I say as I'm kind of just digressing all the time. But one thing is, will she get here, John? Good point. Good point. Because I imagine this. Because a lady I know. Oh is stuck in New Zealand and meant to be doing a young London marathon but can't get over there. Good point. I would say highly unlikely. Yeah. Unless you, unless if, if you were booked, uh, it sounds like things might start to open up this week, but if you were booked on a flight that she's missed already, then uh, unlikely. So good point. Get on there anyway. Get on to Athletics anyway and try to guess her time and you can still probably get in the draw to win the ASICs uh, gear. I'm sure they'll just give it away to somebody if, even if she doesn't run, but it's a very good point. It is uh, disrupting a whole bunch of things and I'm sure that will be one thing that it will it will screw up the London Marathon. Good point, Bevan. Yeah, I'm just, you know, I'm just checking it out. John, always thinking, you know me. I'm, I'm sure that, you know, all the, 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 you know, the bulk of the field, I'm sure, is UK-based. But, you know, say there's, I don't know, say there's 30,000 people racing, I'm sure there's still, you know, maybe... Oh, don't know what you out of there, did you? I don't know what happened. Um, okay, so what are you saying? Go. So, yeah, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens in Boston. Um, not Boston, what's going to happen in London. Um, we'll just have to wait and see. But if you want to enter that competition, get on to Athlinks.com. The other thing we talked about last week on Athlinks is if you are going to do any races coming up, then you can now sign up to fundraise. If you want to use this fundraise thing called uh, Race Razor, so you basically add an event to your calendar coming up, and you can click a couple of buttons, and then you can spread your, spread the word to all your mates, and you can start to raise money for your chosen charity. Unfortunately, at the moment, you can only do it if you're a US citizen and doing it in the states. So that's all good. I'm always big on this. I think if you're going to do a big event, you know, your friends and family, you can get enough behind a big cause. It's pretty great. Mm, I agree. And still on Athlinks, if you get on there, um, they've still got the free samples for Amino Vital, which is a uh, an, you know, electrolyte and, and carbohydrate um, drink. So get on there, get your free samples. There's a couple of little milestones that will be coming up for um, Athlinks soon. You want to make sure you're part of that. Is uh, They're up to 98,000 members. Oh, nice. In the 100,000 members. And they're also approaching a thousand clubs. So if your club's not on there, get them on there. Up to nine hundred and thirty-two clubs. Um, so that'll be two cool little targets to get to. And uh, if you're on Facebook, you can now post your results to Facebook to your Facebook status from the results page. So go to your results page, and you'll see the link. So it just keeps it easy to kind of share everything to your world. So any any Christchurch-based athletes, I've got a couple of events coming up there. We've got the Hagley Relays coming up this weekend. I've already got that up there in the the calendar. So um, yeah. It's, Put all your events in your calendar coming up. It's a great place to be your athletic self on the internet, isn't it, John? That's right. It's nice. a new logo. I just kind of made that up too, out of nowhere. Sell it. Trademark it. Trademark it. Lock it in, Eddie. Okay, and coffees of Hawaii. So remember, go to our page <laughs> on... Uh, did you like that? <laughs> yeah, it was, it was fantastic. You're on fire. Um, so did Albert yeah. race? Can, can you get Albert's results? Bloody phone's going all over the place here, Bevan. Oh, well, turn them off, John. Jeez, oh, it's creepers. People, people 
commit a lot of time to this show, John. You can at least commit to turning. It's got, it's got one more ring. It's got one more ring now. It's going to stop. Oh, you turn it. Oh. I'm not going to hang. It's my, it's my work phone. Message. That's why we don't do show, uh, your house, mate. I tell you. That's right. Um, did Albert race Boston? Um, let's have a look. Let me, let you you search have... it and I'll find some coffee to talk about. So okay. I'm going to talk to you guys about uh, coffee, uh, Molokai coffee, and I'm going to talk about the Molokai espresso coffee. Yes, it's an intense power. When the trade wind gets squeezed in between the high peaks of the Hawaii Islands, they howl and thrash the sea channels. Molokai faces three of those wild channels. Looking to the east of Malu... Malu? Uh, <laughs> looking... Oh, John! Somebody left a message. There's somebody tell me somebody left a message. Uh, they use the... Uh, Basically, Molokai is intense, powerful coffee. It's grown espresso made from the fine Arabic beans and roasted to the state in perfect intensity matches, we think, the power of those high living adventures. So for those who are like a bit of, a, a bit of an intense coffee, I'm, I'm thinking Molokai espresso is the way to go. Okay, how'd it go, John? Uh, what's oh, your PB? Sort, you sort your life out. My kids are screaming. Thomas is into laundry. He's been a naughty boy. <laughs> sort laundry, your life out. Laundry, laundry happens to be next to my office, so we could hear a bit of screaming here for a minute. But anyway, um, what's your what was your time in the marathon last year? Uh, I did two forty six. Okay. Um, what? Uh, okay. Let's have let's have a guess at what you think Albert did. Well, I know he always wants to go under two forty two. I think so. I'm thinking if you asked me that time, he'd probably beat me. I'm thinking he did about 2.45. Okay. He went through halfway in 1.18.06. Oh, what so do you think? he's finished? flying. He's flying. What do you he think he finished up? in? Oh, he blew up. He <laughs> went that fast. <laughs> I'm going to go 153. 2.39.33. Oh, wow. Oh, but congratulations. That is an outstanding effort. So I don't know if he did the run walk. He's, he's laid down smack there for me. I've got to make sure I beat that. That's, that's, that's impressive because I know for Albert, for a, he's done, he does that race every year and for years he's been trying to get under 240 and, you know, and, and you know he's not getting younger so it's obviously the battle becomes harder and harder. So, Albert, that, congratulations, mate, because that's a bloody good effort. So he finished 199th overall, 181st male and fifth in his, uh, fifth in his division. Far out. That's amazing, isn't it? Very strong run. So, what was his division? Well, I guess he's Albert's about forty-ish, isn't he? Um, so, I guess it'll be you know probably five-year age group. So he's forty-five. So he's probably maybe he's just gone into the forty-five to forty-nine age group, maybe. Oh, so you, you could technically say because Boston's the unofficial world championship, that he's the fifth best in the world for his age group. Yeah, I'd probably put you up on that technicality. I mean, uh, no, no, I'm giving it to him. He's the fifth best in the world. Okay, we'll is give it, it to you, Albert. Is it not the unofficial world championship? Well, I'd say maybe for maybe okay. for elites, but elites Albert will give it. Groupers. But we'll give it to you, Albert. That is that's bloody awesome. That <laughs> it's is a very impressive. strong time, and I bet he was fueled on coffee. So make sure you support coffees of Hawaii, wow. which support the show. That puts the pressure on you, John. Yeah, it puts a little bit of pressure. I'll be that. Just be how much how much I beat it by. Well, I see you're talking a big game, John, but you haven't done it. Albert's got it on the paper now. It's an athletics. It's true, yeah. and that is a it's a significantly harder course. So let, let's say it's got a the Newsom coefficient allows for a, say a, a, say a two a two minutes it's two minutes harder than the uh, Christchurch course. So I've got to go two thirty seven thirty or quicker to beat Albert. 
Yeah, John, while well, the pressure's on. Yeah, I'm going to have to adjust my time slide to do that. But Take we'll the just... pressure down. down. And you've also got to remember, John's got, Albert's got 10 years on you, mate. So it's true. You know, if we, if we went to that website we had years ago and did time conditioning, I reckon you'd have to do like a two, 230. I think you're probably right. Oh, so you need, you need to sharpen up, mate. If I get a walking strategy, just get faster. <laughs> anyway, we'll see how I go. Congratulations, Albert. That is a bloody good result. So, coffeesofhawaii.com, check out their coffee. He's either can hear the intense power of the Molokai Espresso. Nice. Beautiful. Okay, John, what else is happening? What else we've got to go through here? Nicknames. Nicknames. Okay, so John gave me an email. Okay, so I'm going to give John a hard time here. We, we, uh, get, we get donations from you guys, and we love that you guys donate to the show because it just means it means we can make the show bigger and better. We're spending all this money at the moment getting the website done and getting photographers in and all this good stuff. And, you know, that's because you guys are contributing to the show. And so as a part of the deal... We give you guys an I Am Talk nickname because it's, it's bloody good to have an I Am Talk nickname. And John sends me it the day before. John, I need more prep. Plenty of time. Come yeah, on. Yeah, I'm working hard. Where's your commitment? So I didn't do them. But anyway, I did mine. So I'll do my ones for next week. So who was my who are my people, John, so they know they'll get them next week? Neil McLaughlin. Okay, Neil, Neil Stafford. Great. Brian Wainwright. Yep. Brian Dunn. Jess Pebbles. Brad Miller. And Paul Monk. I think I'll call Brian Wainwright. Hallelujah. Brian Rainwright because isn't that the guy who sang Hallelujah I've got no idea okay. but you can go with that okay anyway okay so those people next week you'll get your nickname because I've got a week to prepare not just two hours right you get more than 24 anyway anyway no, we digress I got because I, I got the email at like one o'clock yesterday all I'm hearing is excuses <laughs> anyway here, here comes some of mine Mal James so that's Mel James, Danger Mouse. And why is that, John? John, Danger Mouse. Because he's like some kick-ass bloody cameraman or something. He used to hang out in Lebanon or somewhere like that and, and run around filming things when there's bullets flying everywhere. So he's Danger Mouse. But where's the mouse? Well, you had to have something with danger. You couldn't just have danger. Okay. Because we, so. we have got Edge of Danger or is it Edge of Darkness? And I'm not sure. Okay, yeah. cool. Mel James, Danger Mouse. Mel James. And we've had a recur- another recurring one um, who's already donated to the show, but he gets another mention. John the Mountain Snail Hancock, oh, famous for going so slow down hills on his bike, that hence the nickname. He always goes so slow he could almost fall off the bike. It was it was abysmal. Um, next one. And now this isn't. You may think initially this is a little bit of an insulting one, but uh, I'll explain I, why. I did look at John and think it was it was a bit mean. Yeah, Carl Airy Fairy Coleman. And okay, so give me the reason. The I'm reason sure he loves this nickname, John. I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure he does. I'm sure he does. I love Big Eerie Fairy. I checked out his um, his athletes profile, and he's part of the like the Eerie Performance Center or something like that. That's where he does his training. And so I had to get something that rhymed with Eerie because I wanted to promote his the, 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 where he does his training. And Fairy was all I could come up with. So That's Carl fair. Eerie Fairy Coleman. <laughs> I'm sure he's going to ask for it for a refund. You <laughs> could too. Uh, next one is another one who's donated before, which is fantastic. We love you people that donate more than once. David, uh, the Dream Yellen. So oh, that was one that came up yeah, with. Yeah, that's a great nickname. Better Just. than Eerie Fury, let's put that <laughs> The next one's a goodie. You see if you can see if you can figure this one out. <laughs> Jeremy Canalian Hopwood. Uh, no, tell me more. Well, he's an Australian living in Canada, so can. Australian. And alien. Alien. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm, I'm thinking, Bevan. I don't just go on websites and just grab stuff. I'm, I'm a thinker. I'll give you two points for innovation on that one. 
Good. Okay. Uh, next one, another recurring one, which uh, he's bit, come back for more. Stuart, Age of Danger Mill, which yeah, is beautiful. one. Thank you. And the people who are recurring, doing it more than once, you know, like, thank you so, so much. Like, anyone doing any show is just a big thing, but for people to do it again, it's, it kind of blows my mind, to be honest. Great. Uh, next one, Simon, Game Face Bowen. Oh, nice. I do like that one, John. Because uh, I checked out his Athlinks profile. He's got a race picture up there. He's pretty serious. He's game face is on. Don't mess with Simon. Game okay. face Bowen. Next one is an interesting one. It was made by somebody on behalf of somebody else. Oh, okay. So it's Mike, the general mayor. And now, it's is done- Mike the general mayor the guy who was actually over in, in a, a soldier? Don't no, I don't, don't, I'm not sure. But it was made, uh, Douglas Patton Jones sent us an email. He made the donation on behalf of oh, Mike Mayer. Because Mike is a, is a, he loves the show apparently. He wanted a nickname and, uh, and Douglas got sick of hearing about it. So he made the donation. He wanted Mike to have a nickname. The general. The general, because he's, he's obviously got a lot of power over the, his, his yeah. friends and training buddies. So I thought the general is the highest ranking officer in the army, I think. Uh, so <laughs> he is the highest, I think. <laughs> so that's why I sort of came up with that. Nice. And finally. He obviously is if his mate's paying for the nickname. I know. Good on you, great. Uh, finally, I had Giancarlo the Stallion Nisenblatt. Oh, that's just. I'll give you credit for that one, John, because it fits. Because, yeah, that's what I was trying to think of. Giancarlo uh, was kind of a funky-ass name, so I had to sort of get something sort of European and like the Italian stallion type thing, so just the stallion. Yeah, the stallion. That, that, when you've got a name like Giancarlo, you know, you're just going to pick up. You know what I mean? <laughs> you just go, you know, if you're single, it's, it, if I'm ever single again, John, I'm changing my name to that. And then just make up some funny accent when you're out yeah. in town and people just think you're incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm really bad at accents. Can you do accents? Yeah, it's, no, I, I know you've tried doing like a free trunk before and you sound like Chinese, so it's a Oh, it's a beautiful thing. So thank you for all of those who donate to the show. Really, it does help the sh- us to try and make the show bigger and better and, and build the community even more, which is really, really great. Um, if you want to donate to the show, you can go to our website, www.imtalk.me, and uh, check out. There's a couple of links there. There's the recurring payment link, so that takes $4 US a month, and that just goes continuously on. And every at the end of the year, we we'll always have a prize for those people. And then... Um, if you just want to do a one-off donation as well, everyone who donates gets a I Am Talk nickname, which is bloody sensational. Mm. Okay, John, anything else? If you want to email us, you can email us at IamTalkPodcast at gmail.com. Um, the new website's coming along nicely. John and I last week, so let's give him an update, John. Last week, John and I, we did the show. It was an I Am Talk day, wasn't it, John? It was. We did some photos. Um, had some great stuff done oh, by Bruce, Bruce Wilson. Bruce Wilson, he's a good man, or Bruce is. And have we got him anything yet? We're not going to mean anything yet because just, you're just flirting away on your bloody holidays. Yeah, um, so we'll Bruce sort that out when he gets back. Okay, and Bruce Wilson came along and we, we, we jumped out to Sumner and we, and we had, John had a day in the life of Bevan, didn't you? Mm. It, was, it was tough. You modelled the modelling. It's just, oh man, it's just hard work. <laughs> you have you found respect for me, don't you, John? <laughs> you found disrespect, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we got the photos done now for those who are on Facebook I'm on Facebook right now and, and my photo I put a new photo on there Melina have a look at the photo and check out and just see if you know the place where I'm sitting because we, we took a few photos in some interesting spots didn't we John that's right we did yeah. but the photo shoot came up really cool and that's because we're working towards a new website coming up in a few weeks so how, when is it going to be John don't know. We'll have to put the pressure on and see when we're actually, what date we're actually going to get it. Mm, mm. 
because mm. that would have been very cool. And uh, so, yeah, we did some modelling and that was all good. What else have you been up to, Jobbo? Uh, coaching's all going well. I don't talk about that very much, but my coaching's going great. Plenty of athletes kicking some ass, plenty of PBs, which I'm always pleased about. Run walk stuff's going well. So, had quite a few guys recently do marathons or half marathons, and yeah, a lot of PBs. And uh, it's always interesting to see guys that maybe going through winter and they're getting a bit anxious, and you know, maybe they're not hitting their PBs, and it's all part of the process. But when they've come around their, their A races, everybody's been smoking it, which has been very pleasing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, as I said before, got my first race for the winter coming up this weekend, Hagley Relays, which is a uh, five by four kilometre relay around the main big park in in Christchurch. So looking forward to seeing where my running's at relative to last year because they usually have the same course and providing it doesn't piss down with rain this week, you can usually uh, figure out where you're at versus other years. So looking forward to that. In regards to um, coaching John, when you have a period, because you've got to have periods where people are just sucking, you know, like I'm sure it's a bit of a roller coaster ride for you. And, and obviously, as a coach, you like to think that most of the time you're bringing better performances for people, but there must be times where it's just, you know, maybe a few athletes are just having a hard one. Is it hard not to take that personally? Oh, totally. I mean, the hard thing for, for guys that are thinking about getting into coaching is, is when athletes leave and you, you've got to figure out why they're leaving. Sometimes it's for, for a good reason and often when athletes do leave, I say, you know, I think this is a good thing. You need some, some change. It's like something a little bit different if they've been following a similar plan for, for a number of years. But yeah, yeah it's difficult. But, you know, the, the, what's probably the most pleasing thing is, is you know, especially this winter has been, been tough on a lot of the Northern Hemisphere athletes and, they, you know, they've, they've been working towards a particular goal and that's normally towards the end of winter, whether that be uh, some sort of time trials on the bike so trying to, to work on that maybe their top ended biking or as I said a half marathon or marathon and a lot of them you know they're just guys that go through the process and, and the, the, the improvements are often not there early to mid season and it's not really till the end of the season that they really see things start to come to fruition so if you're working on a particular process and um, and, and you know don't always expect to get results immediately it, it does take a bit of time and uh, so just, just have a bit of patience if you're working on a particular plan and, and it should come right as long as you've got awesome coach and who would that be John uh, just coachjohnnewsome.com <laughs> coach well I'm up in Auckland John I'm up in Auckland doing another one of my aerobic videos which is kind of cool um, it's actually an easy week for me because normally when I come up here I have to do a lot of work but this time I'm only doing a little, less than I normally do which is kind of cool so that's all good and then I'm off to Australia next week I'm going to nice. Sydney nice do you like Sydney it's, I've only been there once no twice twice yeah, it's a nice city I mean um I'm not a big city, big city boy. I like the size of Christchurch. So Sydney's, you know, it's cool. I like that. Yeah, it's a it's a cool place. Probably probably not somewhere I'd want to live though. Yep. So I've got that to look forward to. Um, my daughter's in Bali. I ring them. My daughter, my mum and dad have taken my daughter and my nephew to Bali for a couple of weeks for a holiday, and they're having a good time over there. And it's it's good for them to to kind of see the third world. They kind of realise, wow, you know that, <laughs> you know, like it's good for a kid to see that stuff because they don't really. You know, you're kind of you're always in the same environment. You just kind of think that's what the world's like. You may see things on TV, but it's not really real. And you yeah. know, I think it's opening their eyes. And Bali's not, you know, well, if you're in a tourist part, it's not that third world, but there's definitely an aspect of it. And uh, yeah, yeah, they're really enjoying it. So it's a good experience okay. for my daughter. Nice. And other than that, not much, Sean. So next week's going to be another uh, Skype Rooney Roo yep. show. Yep. Oh, it's some good gossip yeah. for you. Good gossip for me. That, that's my goal. Okay, you have some. Oh, you have some good gossip. Yeah, yeah. nice. Okay. And that's about it. Hopefully, we have some more news next week. We've got an Ironman coming up, so it's always good to talk about. Okay, good times. Iron Rush. I'm Indo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. Kia kaha.